Hello, everyone. My name is Jared. And my name is Elle. And you are listening to The New Leaf Project. This is a podcast dedicated to Canadians. It's about Canadians. It's by Canadians. And it's for Canadians. Well, and anyone else who wants to listen to. But I like that intro. Yeah? Did you like that? Yeah, I, I put a little flair on it. Mm-hmm, I felt it. little radio flair on it. I, I felt it. Um, so, Al, apart from my brilliant intro, mm. what do we have on today's episode? This was a great conversation that I was able to have with two church planters in uh, based out of Georgetown, Ontario. Their names are Jordan and Sonia Tetley, just like the tea. Mm, and um, delicious tea. Delicious tea. This is such an incredible story. I was so encouraged and inspired. And I know that I'm a person who gets encouraged and inspired easily. But wait till you hear this. You will also be encouraged and inspired with this story of um, this couple who um, I won't give away all the details, but um, came up with a great idea to launch um, a, an online church. And it uh, is the real deal. Uh, they launched during the pandemic um, and they are um, so inspiring. They took the uh, church plant design shop or the new leaf design shop, I guess, as we call it, and uh, just never settled on a place, prayed for a long time that God would give them a neighborhood, um, a place that they could put down roots and they never felt peace. And now they know why, uh, because uh, God was actually leading them to plant something that was online. So um, really great conversation. If you have been considering this or wondering what the possibilities might be for a, a purely online expression for church, you're gonna wanna pay attention to this conversation. I can't wait. Let's roll tape. Hello, New Leaf listeners. Thanks so much for tuning in and hanging out with us today. I have a couple who've got a story that I know you are going to find super interesting. I'm with Jordan and Sonia Tetley. They're with the CBOQ, and uh, we're going to be talking a little bit about their online digital church plant. So hello, Jordan and Sonia. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having us. Where are you uh, coming from right now? Where are you physically located? Yeah, we are physically in Georgetown, Ontario, Canada. Awesome. And uh, tell me a little bit about yourselves. Yeah, so we got into uh, ministry right after we went to Bible school. We met at Bible school and um, we had felt this call to go to Asia. And we ended up being offered this position to come on staff as youth pastors at this um, church plant in Beijing, China. Um, the catch was there was no youth and the salary, I think we got paid um, about $100 a month together. Oh and, um, and But we were excited to go and we went as newlyweds. Um, we got married and three weeks later we went to China and we taught English and we helped out at the church. And we learned a lot actually from that uh, church plant, how to build up. Um, and it was constantly changing too because of how... Beijing is with the international population. People come for two years or three years, sometimes as uh, working at the embassy or as teachers. Um, but there's not a lot of long-term uh, people there. And uh, we were excited to go there. And we started working with youth. And we just pretty much built the youth group up from the people we were teaching English to. And so we had mostly a Korean youth group in an English-speaking church. And uh, it was quite exciting. Yeah, so we were there for 13 years. 
and we were pastoring an international church. So on any given Sunday, we would have more than 30 different nationalities that um, would be attending our church. And so we really got a heart for not just Asia, but for the globe. And so um, God brought us back home in 2016. And when we returned back to Canada, um, we really had in our heart to church plant. Um, but, you know, moving back over from being overseas after being away for so long, we knew we needed time to settle our kids and our family. And so that kind of sat on the back burner um, until 2018. We started talking with Sid, who heads up the church planning for CBOQ. Um, we attended the church plant design shop in 2019. And we kind of got stuck for a little while and we got stuck because we couldn't land on a certain place to plant. And so every time we were praying, you know, we were doing drive-bys, we were going through different towns and we couldn't in our heart land on a specific place. And I remember having a conversation with a mentor and she spoke with us and she said, you know, maybe stop focusing on the place and ask the Lord, what kind of people are you supposed to reach? And so she asked us, what kind of people is God calling you to reach? And immediately, um, both of us responded, global people. And so that kind of started the journey of our mind kind of ticking and thinking about what was next. Um, but then the pandemic hit and it kind of changed everything. And so immediately when the pandemic hit, we thought, okay, this is the worst time to church plant because you can't even rent a facility, you know, schools are closed. Who knows when you could even get back in a building again. And starting around April, God began to give us this name. And so we had this name in our mind, Church 365. And then it just kind of grew from there. We started thinking about, well, maybe church doesn't have to be located in one city. Maybe now with how culture is changing and people are online, maybe the church could be anywhere. And so that was kind of the start of this journey of starting a digital church. That is super interesting. I have heard of people that have been thinking about this, but it's so encouraging to meet with someone who's actually doing it. <laughs> and uh, I find it fascinating that you you also started during a pandemic, like you described, like a very difficult time. So um, maybe tell our listeners a little bit of like how your idea kind of uh, started to come together as you, you dreamt of, of creating this online church. Yeah, I think one of the things we realized is once we realized who we wanted to reach, we realized that um, the city we're in is uh, would be limiting in that facet of the people we could reach out to. One of the ideas that came is since we were meeting online, and we were hearing this from a lot of pastors, is that uh, when we would meet with pastors and we'd ask them how things were going, and even my cousin that pastors um, in Dresden, Ontario, he was telling me, oh, we have people joining us from all around the world, from England and from Indonesia. And I thought that was really interesting. And then it's just started to think about, well, maybe we can not just have people join us, but maybe we can actually um, start a church with people in these different countries. And they don't have to be located just where we live in Georgetown. They could be anywhere around the world. And so we started to ask a few people that had been part of our church in Beijing that were in Uganda was one of the first um, countries um, that we asked. And um, we asked if um, the lady that's end up becoming our worship leader, if she would be interested in this. And um, amazingly, she said, yes, yeah, she would be interested in it. And then we had to start to figure out how that would work and we figured Zoom, Zoom would kind of be the way that we'd start to meet um, and maybe share a vision. So we just started reaching out to people around the world and seeing if that would kind of um, connect with people, this idea of being part of a global church where we're not in the same city, but that we will join together online 
worship together and we'll have the worship in different countries and different places. And um, the preaching maybe will come from different um, countries as well. And it started to resonate with people. And I think that's the same thing. I think that you, when you're church planning in a city, right, you just start sharing it. And amazingly, um, your vision starts to resonate with some people. And that's what we started to see happen as we start talking to people from different countries and different places. We start to see that this vision start to resonate with them about being part of a global uh, church with people from all around the world. So we're still kind of in the pre-launch phase. So we started our first vision casting meetings in December, um, carried on in January, and then we started to um, begin a core team. And so we have a launch team that we meet every single week. We meet on Zoom. Um, and then we started this past Easter, we did our first pre-launch service, which was really cool. So we had um, four different services geared to different um, time zones all around the world. We had people join us from more than 12 countries. It was just really, really awesome to see people serving in their time zone on the stream um, that for the people that they were trying to reach. And so we're hoping to do that once a month as we lead up to a launch later this year. Um, and we want to give time really to build that team because so much of our vision is dependent on really empowering the people right where they are. And so we're really trying to raise up small group leaders and hopefully bring the online experience offline. So our goal is that as things post pandemic begin to open up, that people can take the service, they could take the live stream or download it, they could do it anywhere in a coffee shop, they could do it on a university campus, they could do it in their home, um, and really just supporting people to be micro church planters right where they're at. That is fascinating. You had 12 countries, is that what you said? 12 countries. How, 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 how have you been able to do that? Is it, was it really just contacting people that you knew from some of the work that you did and people just caught the vision right away? Most of our launch team comes from people either that uh, we pastored before. So being an expat church before, pretty much everyone that we pastored in those years in China have gone back home to their home countries. Um, but some of them, like we have teams that are in scattered across Ontario and Canada. They might be people that were longtime friends of ours or people that we went to Bible school with. But our global um, connections mostly would have been probably from our ministry days back before. And I think that is, um, I think gave us a window to really start the church because we had just come back to Canada where I was pastoring was in a different city than where I was living. So uh, hardly was even spending any time in this, you know, we'd come back at nighttime, everyone's in their homes here in Canada, especially wintertime. Um, and so um, a lot of our connections weren't in the same city. And that was one of the challenges that we were having with thinking about starting churches we just couldn't see how we could form a launch team right away where we were and then when the pandemic hit and all the places we thought we could rent or use as places to launch a church would be uh they're still closed down today um that just wasn't going to work this that's where the idea just started to grow that okay maybe we don't need people living in our city if people are willing to say yes we could actually form a church um just in different time zones different cities People can join in and we can reach out to where we can reach out to without that pressure of having to fill up a building. And um, that's that's one of the pressures you have as a church planner is that, you know, as soon as you launch, you have to fill that church up. And when newcomers come, sometimes that they, critical mass, sometimes right? they come in and if there's 20 people there, that might be a lot to gather 20 people. But a newcomer comes in and wonders why there's only 20 people there. 
And um, we found with being online, that's kind of a window of opportunity where we can reach out to our neighbors in our city. Um, we could have two or three of them come and they can join us online, but we don't have that pressure of having to fill a building up or um, yeah, to, to put on something that maybe we're not at the moment. We, we don't have um, 20, 30 people in the city we're in, um, but we can reach out to two or three people that can join in with us and join with others that are joining us from different cities. And there's so many tools now that really actually have been birthed, some of them throughout the pandemic, that are just amazing for doing digital ministry. And so um, we've really been um, growing discipleship through the YouVersion Bible app, and that's been around for a long time. Um, but they have these neat features where you can start reading plans with a group of people and you can chat and communicate about what God's been speaking to you um, through that scripture. And so we have a uh, a launch team plan and you know if people from all over the globe are commenting about what God's speaking to them through the scriptures um, even different tools like um, there's some online platforms where you can live stream your service where you have ability to have a private prayer chat with somebody or you can message them privately in the chat you can monitor you know how many people are coming and that actually enables to take the pressure off doing a live stream. So actually in our church meetings, we're not live recording, we're pre-recording everything, but the live component comes in our chat during the service. So we have people volunteering, we have people volunteering to pray, we have people volunteering to be greeters. And then we also um, jump in after our service into, we use this really cool platform called the Lobby app where we can jump in and it's kind of like Zoom, but you can break off in your own conversations. And so, we're trying to recreate this face-to-face -face interaction um, that you might get in the lobby of a church, right? When you're in a church, you're not all talking together in a group of 20 or 30 people. You know, people break off and have their own little conversation with two or three, and you can have that natural interaction. And so there's so many tools that actually can facilitate not just getting the word out, but getting people actually connected in relationship. What has been the most surprising thing for you as you've, as you've stepped out to do this? It can be a positive or negative, but what is something that's kind of surprised you about this process? I think um, what recently surprised us, the Easter service we did, is we have one member that is from Eritrea. She lives in Germany, and she, we asked everyone to do a selfie invite video that they could post on Facebook or we could post on our account. And um, like many church announcements that go out, um, just um, no one responded. So we just had one person respond. Um, and that was this uh, lady and she did it. And, but she didn't do it in English that we were expecting. She didn't in her language. Mm -hmm. And um, I thought, what are we gonna do with that? Because it's not in English. And we decided to target people in Germany that speak her language um, using her video. And it wasn't a super clear video. It wasn't uh, professionally, Done. It was just her and her family. And um, we had um, thousands of people look at it. We had 600 people come to our website out of it. And a lot of people start to like and follow our posts because of that. And that really showed us that um, there's a window of opportunity to reach out to people that are not going to church, that don't fit into church. And maybe they're in different communities and they're spread out and they might not just be all in one major city, but they might just be a few in different cities. So we were able to reach out all across Germany. And that really surprised us um, how many people came back and how cheap it was to do the Facebook advertising to reach those people. It was like two cents a click, which was um, 
surprising and um, just amazing to see how many people from that community responded to someone reaching out to them, inviting them personally to come to an Easter service in their language. Hmm. So you've been integrating like as many digital platforms, it sounds like as possible. How like are you guys uh, digital marketing specialists? How did you uh, how, how are you uh, doing this so well? Because what, what I've often heard in the last year is um, those who aren't as familiar with technology have really struggled to get a handle with it. So it sounds like you guys are using it and thriving. So do you are you professional? Well, marketers? I would say this as an encouragement. We were in a bubble in China for more than a decade. So platforms like Facebook, YouTube were completely blocked there. Um, and so when we came back to North America, it was like Facebook, Instagram, like how do we do this again, right? Because we hadn't really been able to use it for more than a decade. And so um, it was a learning curve for us, but there is so many resources. During the pandemic, we just took advantage of, there was tons of free conferences. There was, if you just even search on YouTube, there's so many um, resources and training that can actually give you tips on how to do this. And so we just learned cold turkey ourselves. So I would say to those that feel intimidated about it to just jump right in, because if we can do it, people that were kind of hidden as missionaries under a rock, I think anybody can. Yeah. And there, there are tons of tools. I think pro church tools is um, out in Niagara, um, Ontario, Canada. They do a lot of great videos. And um, I took a, course with church marketing university they have um, a scholarship program and so i was able to get a big percentage off and um, they do that for small churches um, and that was very helpful so i think there's some definitely some programs that are helpful to learn and then the biggest thing i think is just encouraging people to share i think encouraging those that are part of joining you and it doesn't have to be a lot of people but it's amazing how even Facebook and these different platforms pick up when people share it. And so I think just provide content that is shareable. I think shorter videos, um, if you're preaching a long sermon, you just cut it down for um, different platforms and just think of how you use it and think about the way that you stop when you're looking at different things and how, what makes you stop and look at something. And um, it's not always a long 30 minute video, it could be a short message or a selfie video um, and just kind of think about how you use the platform, what makes you stop. And that's what we've kind of done is try to um, replicate that is, you know, as we use the platform, that's the same way other people are using these different platforms. And um, it's, it's quite amazing. You can get traction that way. And so I would just say pick one and just try one out, it, one that you're familiar with. And so if it's Facebook, use Facebook. If it's um, Instagram, use Instagram. I don't think we're great at all of them. We haven't produced one TikTok video, uh, but we know that, you know, there's a lot of churches that do do that well. And um, so I and think follow other churches. I think we've learned a ton by we purposely follow a lot of other churches that are doing digital ministry well. Mm -hmm. And you just you can see what they are doing well and you just learn from them. And so that having that teachable attitude and being willing to glean from people that have gone before you and are doing it well, I think that really helps. Some, uh, I've heard some arguments in the last uh, year as we've experienced the pandemic that some people in some churches have really struggled to feel that online connections um, are valid uh, or that spiritual experiences can be somehow mitigated through a screen. Um, we've, we've all kind of heard some arguments uh, and, and conversation about that over the past year. And, uh, you know, you're pioneering this work. <laughs> 
<laughs> that is predominantly online. You want people to connect offline, but is it is kind of happening online. Um, so uh, how would you respond to that if someone were to kind of say, what on earth are you doing? Um, uh, how Or have you had to respond to people already asking you questions about that? We haven't had to because a lot of churches um, have been forced to go online. I think if we had tried this two years ago, maybe it would have been quite different. I think seeing that everyone's had to jump in online, I think has created kind of more of a level playing field. And, um, but yeah, I just uh, feel like we haven't had that criticism. I look at it as um, I think what, just as people have different churches and they go to them because of the style or the different preaching, the style connects with them. I think this is going to be part of it is an online church will reach different people. It will reach um, different set of people than, um, physical churches meeting, but even physical churches, there's so many different styles, right? And different um, expressions. And so I think this is just one expression. I'm sure there's going to be more um, expressions of a digital platform where what we're doing might not resonate with everyone. There, there might be something that will be a different style that will be better for them online. So yeah, I think one of the big things to rebut that argument is talking about engagement. So um, some churches have taken the approach of, well, we're just going to broadcast our service and replicate what we've done on Sunday morning. And so if you're just looking at for the amount of views, well, how many people viewed our service and how many people do we think joined us online? That's not really a good measure of people growing in their faith. And so really, I think to do a digital church well, our measure can't be views. It needs to be engagement. So are we getting people involved in discipleship? Are they reading the Bible? Are they joining a small group? Are they sharing their faith? Are they thinking of ways to reach out in their own community? And are they engaging or, or are they, you know, sitting in their pajamas and making breakfast and not even listening? Right. And so, um, and that's the reality of, of, everybody that's online right now is how do we get people to go from just a viewership but back to engagement and so um, I think as long as a church is engaging people in their spiritual walk not just on Sunday but every day of the week I think that really refutes that argument that uh, digital church is not valid if people are growing that's the measure I must confess I've made banana bread in my pajamas a couple times during church in the past year not every Sunday. But you might but have been listening and multitasking. I was listening. I was certainly listening, but I was also making banana bread. No, I, I love I love what you're saying. And uh, we've experienced a lot of similar things with New Leaf. Just, um, yeah, some people will get the online world and, it, you know, the spirit will move and other people just may not feel as comfortable in that style. So um, what I've been seeing and reading recently is just that the hybrid model going forward will kind of be the future of the church. Um, what do you think the future of the church in Canada might look like? Having experienced this thing that you're experiencing, um, knowing the, the struggles and uh, the interesting times we have ahead as the church in Canada, do you think this is maybe the future? I think like you said that uh, churches should be looking at this as a hybrid model and the churches that have engaged people online, I think they realize that and they want to continue because they realize that they're engaging people that never would have walked through their doors. So I see this as a tremendous opportunity for the global church because there are people, you know, post pandemic, it may take time for people to feel comfortable to come back into a public space. And we're even experiencing people that are now connecting with our church. They love the Lord, but really haven't been to church for years because of many different reasons. Maybe it's anxiety disorders. Maybe it's 
Um, you know, they have young children and it just isn't working for them. You know, there's many different reasons that sometimes can keep people out of a church building. And so having a place where people aren't just watching. So I think pre-pandemic churches were broadcasting their services and people could watch it, but there was no opportunity for them to actually be a part of the church that was online. So I think if moving forward, the church can have a hybrid where people can actually serve, be involved and feel connected with that local body. It's just going to transform the way we can reach people. What would be your encouragement to uh, people who are considering doing something similar to you? I I've heard rumors and bubbling <laughs> from different groups of people who are considering this um, move forward. So uh, how would you encourage them to take that next step? I think there's a lot of advantages um, to doing it online. Um, there are some challenges um, with online, but I think those same challenges exist in having a physical building. So I would encourage if you feel like God is putting on your heart to go and try it and you can test the amazing things. You can test out the waters without putting a ton of money out. You don't have to do, you can just start producing content and put it out there, even on your own page and see how people engage with it, see how people respond to it. And um, I think you will find people drawn to it. You'll find people um, willing to come out. And that's, that's a wonderful thing that you don't have to worry about building. I think buildings are one of the, biggest headaches when you're church planning, trying to find the right building. Sometimes you get stuck um, in a location you don't want to be in, but that's the only place that's available. And so I think being able to be online, you don't have that building restriction and you can reach out, you reach out in the same way physically. Like I was picking up uh, Chinese food last night and I invited someone to church the same way you would invite them to a physical location. You invite them to watch you online. And it's so easy to set up, you know, a Facebook page or set up uh, like your own personal pages to just start putting out content. So I would encourage you just to do it. And um, it requires faith to step out and do it just like you do with um, anything. But I think start producing a message and start putting it out there and see what the response is. If people want to get a hold of you, how do they find you? <laughs> tell, tell us about how they would get connected in with what you're doing. Yes. So if you want to find us online, the church, it's, um, you can look us up at C365 on uh, Facebook and YouTube. And um, you can find us, our website is church365.ca. And um, our contact information is on there. And we would, we would love to help out. We'd love to share. And you can see what we've done and see if it's something that would be useful. If you think it's useful, then you can contact us and we'd love to give you, uh, share anything we've learned along the way doing the church. Any last parting words for the New Leaf listeners? Just go for it. Um, I think one of the things I've learned in ministry is often God can put dreams in our heart. And we can even write them down. Interesting enough, we had written this whole vision down in April. And it, we had I found the notebook back in mm. November. And it had, you know, we had already put it out, but it took us until like November that we finally decided, okay, now we need to act on it. And I think that's the situation with a lot of people. We have dreams. We know what God is speaking to us, but whether it's self-confidence or being fear, you know, is this going to work or do I put my whole self into this is just take that step of faith. If you know that God is calling you to do it, you know, talk to your denomination, talk to you know, start sharing the vision with people. And I believe if God is in it, it's going to resonate with people and people will get behind you. So just go for it. Thank you so much for being here with us today. I am so encouraged by what you're doing. I remember when Sid Lottie said that you existed in the world, 
I was overjoyed. <laughs> so thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you both for stepping out and trying something in a pandemic. And thank you for doing uh, this pioneering work um, here in Canada. Even though it's a global church, I do love that you are Canadian and that you're trying this out. So thanks for your faithfulness. And thank you so much for sharing with us today. Well, thank you for having us. It was a pleasure being here. God bless you guys. All right. That was our very own L. Pike and Jordan and Sonia Tedley. Man, L, this kind of stuff really excites me um, because this is a new frontier. Mm -hmm. And um, sometimes when we encounter new frontiers, especially uh, human frontiers that are innovations or they're a new way of organizing yourselves, sometimes our imaginations get trapped mm -hmm. in the way things have always been. And even in the missional literature, I would say that sometimes our imaginations are trapped. Uh, and that's because we have talked about the importance of neighborhoods for so long. And I support that. I really do. I think uh, learning to think locally, learning to root yourself in a place, learning to be present in a place is super important because a lot of Christian practice, what's passed for Christian practice in the church of North America has been totally disconnected from the lived lives of people. Mm -hmm. But, and this is a big one, and what I love about this, uh, this conversation is my kids are different than I am. Culturally mm -hmm. speaking, they are digital natives. That means mm -hmm. they live a significant portion of their life online. And there's a very easy cop-out to say, if it's new, it isn't true. If it's, if it's what they've chosen to do, you can't do it. It's ungodly. It's unbiblical. It's, it's un-whatever. Um, and human beings have said that all the time in a whole bunch of different ways. And, uh, and what makes me excited about this are the possibilities. Now, is everything perfect and sorted out? No, absolutely not. And that is going to take Christian communities a good long time to do the hard work of sorting out what being a digital native means. What parts, because there are unbiblical parts, there are ungodly parts, as with any human endeavor. And so it takes the people of God some time to sort this stuff out and have these tougher conversations. So I want people to keep an open mind because mm -hmm. in my mind, the most exciting thing the pandemic has revealed to us is that we can connect online and in a meaningful way. And this isn't just some esoteric thing. Mm -hmm. This is something you and I have actually experienced in the last 12 months. Brand new possibilities that if we had stayed in our little rut of in-person only gatherings, um, the New Leaf Network wouldn't be where it is today, which is, it's, uh, it's not better but it is vastly different and and we have new possibilities that were never there before. And also what I love about this is the simple way that these folks describe what it is they're doing and the importance of what they're doing. So Al, can you talk a little bit about some of your reflections from this interview? 
Yeah, one of the things I loved the most is their determination to just make it happen. <laughs> uh, they they had guiding ideas, they they you know, they had a strategy, they had a team, like they they're continuing to work it out. They're still sort of in the at this point in the story, the the pre-launch kind of phase of things. Um but I just love that they've been tenacious and I love that they have learned things, they've researched things, they've acquired new skills and they've set out to do this work. I think it's super interesting that it's um kind of global like it's launched in Canada but they have these global worship experiences so they have people from Africa and Europe and Asia they had um, 12 different uh, countries tuning in on Easter um, so it's just super interesting the possibilities that it opens up globally they they were sharing and I'm not sure if we caught this in the podcast or if it was the conversation afterwards because I mean I grilled them for a good half an hour afterwards um, with more questions but we were talking a lot about the people who um, or haven't been in church in a long time and that they've actually been able to gather some people who haven't been to church in almost a decade who have been participating in this way and we we talked a little bit about the the ways the barriers sometimes that people even well-meaning church people who want to be at church just life circumstances sometimes creates barriers for them to participate so I'm excited that they have tried this, that they're launching it, that they're experiencing success, that they're utilizing apps and technology I've never heard of, that they're reading the Bible together through the YouVersion app. And so if you're interested in some of the work that they're doing, their website is church365.ca. You'll see all the information. You can watch online. You can join some of their watch parties and you can connect in. And they're um, such humble, open-handed kind of people that I know if you reached out to them and had some questions for them and wanted to connect, I know that they would they would uh, gladly do that. So I came away from the conversation uh, with them really inspired and encouraged that somebody took a shot at this because so many of us have been like, it's been rumbling around in the back of our minds and in our hearts for the last year and just to see someone actually do it and a Canadian do it. Uh, they're connected with the CBOQ, so the Canadian Baptists of Ontario and Quebec, so shout out to our friends there are supporting them, seeing this as a, a ministry and missionary opportunity and I just, uh, I came away feeling really excited for them. Friends, if you come up with anything from our podcast, I hope it's this, just try some stuff. And that is a deep part of the design shop. It's it's what we teach. We don't teach one specific model because we are convinced that uh, the models reveal themselves in the mission field itself. You got to get out there. You got to try things. Models are not conceived of in a laboratory. They are discovered. And I am excited about this. I think there's lots that we have to discuss about it, but this is an amazing starting point, a fascinating starting point, and we gotta go deeper. So if you would like, if you've got a little idea rumbling in the back of your head, uh, disturbing your sleep, bothering your heart, uh, why don't you join us for a design shop? We're gonna have one later this year. Uh, we're thinking, uh, perhaps starting it in November. It'll be a combination of online and in-person learning. Uh, you're going to meet Canadians from across the country who are interested in trying new stuff out. Not all of it is skinny jeans, latte, uh, hipster stuff. That's not, that stuff is, it's great. I'm excited that it happens, but that's not the hobbits work that we love around the new leaf table. Not exclusive. We like those people too. Um, but we love this stuff uh, 
especially the small the the stuff that people would, would might might want to overlook or might not notice if they're not looking in the right spot. So if you're that kind of person, you want to do something, you want to try something, you got a stirring in you. We want to help you. We want to help you discern what the spirit might be saying to you. So we've got a a process for helping you um, do that, and we want to give you the tools you need to actually get started. And that's what these two uh, engaged in. And we're not here to claim uh, uh, their genius at all. They came up with this. Uh, it was them and the spirit that came up with this all on their own. But we love helping folks like this and encouraging folks like that. So if you'd like us to do that in your life, uh, reach out to us, newleafnetwork.ca, and, and you can connect with us. If you would like to join this emerging learning community that's going on uh, in the Canadian wilderness here, in the frontier lands, uh, you can meet with us every week. We have an opportunity every week for you to, to hang out with Canadians and work out the different dimensions of being faithful to Jesus in the Canadian context uh, every single week on Thursdays, 1 to 3 p.m. Eastern. Uh, coming up, we have got uh, uh, someone named Betty Priest. She's a prof um, in, in uh, Kitchener-Waterloo area. She has her own business uh, around helping church communities have difficult conversations. And I don't know what your life has looked like in the last 12 months, but it seems like difficult conversations are, 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 are waiting for you around every turn, whether in the local church or on Twitter and social media, uh, the world is full of them. And there actually is a pathway forward. There is a process and a method. There's a way that we can be looking for the power of God to help us. Um, and, uh, and, and we want to give you some of those tools. So if you want to join us for that, we're going to have all kinds of amazing topics coming up. Uh, we're, we're looking at a book club this summer. So there is a lot of opportunities to get involved in the New Leaf Network. Uh, and that would be one of my, my favorite places to start. But another favorite place to start is our cafe. Talk to us a little bit about that, Elle. Yeah, we have a thing called the New Leaf Cafe, which meets on Wednesdays from uh, 1 p.m. till 3 p.m. And on Fridays from 1 p.m. till 3 p.m. Both of those are Eastern uh, time. And essentially, it's kind of a hangout. We utilize Zoom. People drop in, drop out, come when you can, go when you have to. We have all sorts of different conversations about the Canadian context, about uh, things that people are working on, sermons, conversations. Some, a lot of the ideas for the Learning Center have come out of conversations that have happened in the cafe. We've, we've prayed for people we've uh, shared shared vulnerable things with one another and really the idea is that it would be just be create creating a, a cafe like feel but uh, since we can't be together in person that we would just be able to drop in and connect with other practitioners and church planters and uh, pastors and leaders who are um, all across Canada so sometimes we have people all the way from Ontario out to BC so join us it's free uh, contact us get the link and come and hang out and meet some other Canadians who are maybe thinking some similar things as you. Yeah, that registration page is on our website, the newleafnetwork.ca. It's really simple uh, to get involved. And if you're looking for help, you're looking for a company, you're looking for friendship, companions along the way as you try brand new stuff, uh, that's what we're all about trying to support. So, L, 
anything else you want to tell the good people about how they can get involved in the New Leaf Network? Or should we just say goodbye? Leave it at that and say goodbye. What do you think? We've left them with a lot of ways. So I can't, mm. I can't think of any other ways other than Messenger Pigeon. Mm. That's point. a good one. I would it, like that a lot. I would love a Messenger Pigeon if someone has one. I've, I've never received one and I'm, I'm very open to it. I, th I think like um, facts would be an interesting attempt. I don't have a fax number, but if we could figure that out, um, try that. Yeah, I like that Fax too. Fax us. Yeah. Fax us. All right, everybody. Um, apart from the last 30 seconds there, full of our dumb ideas, um, we would love to get to know you. We would love to meet you. So thanks for uh, putting us in your ear holes here. Thanks for listening. Thanks for joining us on this journey. And uh, we hope to get you get to know you better over time. So um Follow some of the suggestions we had. Uh, ignore some of the other suggestions that we came up with. And uh, we'll see you next time here on the New Leaf Project. Bye, friends.